We're going to be looking at James chapter 4 together, everybody, and uh, so I invite you to open your Bibles to James chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 1 through 6, and uh, ask you to follow along. Did I, do we got that on the screen, Dave, the Bible passages? Because I forgot to say something about that. Okay. All right. Good deal. Good deal. Well, last week I tried to be funny, and I told you that uh, James was from the state of Missouri. Remember? What's the model for Missouri? It's called the show me state, and I said that James was from Missouri. And you guys kind of looked at me like, you're really dumb. But uh, there was a reason for that, because when you look through the book of James here and work through it, James is all about show me, okay? Uh, He's into authenticity. Uh, He wants the real McCoy to be evident in our lives. And he says, you know, we can see that in your problems. If you're really trusting God, uh, we'll see it, especially in your problems. And if if your faith is real and genuine, we'll see it in your talk, the way you speak. We'll see it there. Um, We'll see you in obeying God's word because your faith is real. And so he kind of continues that theme throughout even chapter 4 here. Today we're talking about worldliness. And uh, James says, you know, if you have an authentic faith and you're the real McCoy, we'll see, see that in your life, how you live it in the world. Okay? And we're going to talk about that and explore that a little bit more this morning. But let's, for this point, look at uh, James chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. And here's what it says. James asks a question. He says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Uh, Don't they come from the desires that battle within you? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and you fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you do ask God, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely? But he gives us more grace. That is why the Scripture says God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Here ends the reading of our scripture passage this morning. You might be a redneck if, of course that was made popular by Jeff Foxworthy in some of his comedy routines. As we begin our time together this morning, we start with some of Jeff Foxworthy's redneck wisdom. So here we go. You might be a redneck if you think the stock market has a fence around it. Okay. You might be a redneck if you clean your fingernails, fingernails with a stick. Okay. You might be a redneck if your coffee table used to be a cable spool. You might be a redneck if you think a turtleneck is a key ingredient of a soup. You might be a redneck if you have a rag as a gas cap. 
Been there, have you? Okay. You might be a redneck if your wife's best pair of shoes are steel-toed Red Wings. You might be a redneck if the blue book value of your truck goes up and down depending on how much gas you have in it. Okay? You might be a redneck if you replace the the flat tire on your truck with a tire from your house. Okay? (laughs) All righty. Springboarding from Jeff Foxworthy's Redneck Wisdom, we come to the wisdom of James here this morning. And James says to us this morning, you may be having an affair with the world if you do these things. Okay? You might be having an affair with the world if you do these things. So where does such a title come from? And man, that's the uh, title of this morning's message. You may be having an affair if. Where in the world does a pastor come up with that kind of a title? Well, I want to invite you to look at James chapter 4, verse 4, all right? Take a look at that verse. Here's what James says to the believers that he is writing to. He says this, You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? James uses an attention-grabbing word here. To get our attention. And that word is adulterous. This word is something that we're all familiar with. Adultery is marital unfaithfulness. That's adultery. A relationship has occurred outside of the marriage boundaries. And we have adultery taking place. James uses this word, adulterous, because any time that you or I hook up with something or someone other than God, we're being unfaithful to God. We commit adultery. You see, you're married to God. When you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you entered into a covenant relationship with Him. When you became a Christian, you made a vow to God. And here's your vow when you became a Christian. You said, I choose to follow you as my God, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better or worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, To love and to cherish till death ushers me into your very presence. That was your vow. Sadly, we often break that vow. Sometimes, intentionally, we break that vow. But more times than not, we break it unintentionally. We become unfaithful to God by allowing something or someone to become more important to us than our relationship with God. And when we do that, we commit adultery. One particular mistress for us men 
one particular man's dress for you ladies that you need to be on guard about is the world. The world throws all kinds of temptations your way. Masterfully and cunningly, the evil one tries to draw you away from your relationship with God. The world entices you to be unfaithful and pursue the affair. Are you aware of the world's strategies? Do you know the signs that you may be having an affair if? Do you know the signs? Well, James helps us identify those signs. He helps us see where we have taken some misplaced steps in our relationship with God. James says you may be having an affair with the world if. Well, let's explore that together following the pattern of Jeff Foxworthy. Let me encourage you to take some notes at this time. The outline of the message is on the back of the bulletin. Fill in the blanks, if you would, because we're going to come back to that. Or I should say the challenge will be that you need to go back to this morning's outline for reasons that I'll reveal to you, okay? So let me encourage you to take some notes. So you may be having an affair with the world if... Number one, your life is, life is marked by hedonism, okay? You may be having an affair with the world if your life is marked by hedonism. Hedonism is defined as pursuit of pleasure or the pursuit of self-indulgence. That's hedonism, the pursuit of pleasure, the pursuit of self-indulgence. Now look with me at verse 1. We're again back to James chapter 4, verse 1. James asks a question in verse 1. And in that same breath, he answers the question with a question. He says this, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Now I want you to look at verse 1 there and focus your attention on the word desires. Do you see the word desires there? The Greek word translated desires is the Greek word hedon. Hedon. Do we got it up there? See it there? Hedon. Now, as you, you're pronouncing this word, you're reading it, you're pronouncing it in your mind. As you pronounce that word, what does it sound like? Hedon. Sounds like hedonism, okay? Hedon, the Greek word hedon, is our English equivalent to hedonism. So in James chapter 4 here, verse 1 says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your hedonistic pursuits? That's the word desires. Do not quarrels and fights come when you pursue pleasure or when you become self-focused? That's what he's saying. So you may be having an affair with the world when you're only interested in pursuing pleasure. When you're only interested in how it's going to help you or benefit you, if you're in that pursuit, then you're probably having an affair with the world. Because that's the world's philosophy. Live for self. You deserve it. 
go for it. That is the world. And if you find yourself with that kind of a mentality where you're being unfaithful to God and you're having an affair with the world. Let's press on here. Number two and number three here. You might be having an affair with the world if, number two, if your life is marked by fighting. Okay? In our relationships with our spouses and other individuals, if, if you find yourself boom, 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 always in conflict, well, maybe it's because you're having an affair with the world. Number three, you might be having an affair with the world if your life is marked by quarreling, quarreling. Now, those particular two items come right out of verses 1 and 2. Uh, follow along. I'm going to read verse 2. Here's what verse 2 says. You want something, but don't get it. Therefore, you kill and you covet. But you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and you fight. Quarreling and fighting is an indicator that we are having an affair with the world. See, the world says you deserve to be happy. You deserve to have your needs met. However, when, it, when that doesn't happen, when our needs aren't met, ah, when things do not go our way, you know what happens? We quarrel and we fight. That's what happens. Let me introduce you to Wanda Holloway. Wanda Holloway received 10 years of imprisonment. Here's the story. In 1991, Holloway's daughter, Shanna, was beaten out of her spot on the Johnson Junior High School's cheerleading squad by Amber Heath at age 14. In an attempt to secure a spot for her own daughter, Holloway asked her ex-brother-in-law, Terry Harper, to hire a hitman to kill Verna Heath, Amber's mother. Holloway had an intense desire for her daughter to be a cheerleader. This took place in Texas. So she hired a hitman. Let's get rid of the competition or something. But you know where that's coming from? That's coming from that hedonistic philosophy, you know, the pursuit of pleasure, wanting things your way. This mom, Wanda Holloway, wanted things her way. Man, she was willing to kill for it. James says we covet and we kill to get our pleasures, get our needs met. Number four, you might be having an affair with the world if your life is marked by prayerlessness. If your life is marked by prayerlessness. We're in verse 2 once again. James says, you quarrel and you fight. You do not have because you do not ask. All right, we do not ask. We're talking about prayer. A sign that you may be too caught up in this world is that your prayer life has suffered. A natural consequence of becoming too consumed with self, a natural consequence of pursuing pleasure and self-gratification, a natural consequence is prayerlessness. You kick God out. 
because you're all wrapped up in yourself. So you may be having an affair with the world if prayerlessness marks your life. You may be having an affair with the world, number five, if your life is marked by selfish prayers. Point number four spoke of prayerlessness. But the reverse side of the coin here is prayer that is, mount, that is selfish. Look at verse three with me. James says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Now the word translated pleasure here in verse 3 is the same word we just looked at in verse 1. So, I'm going to quiz here, pop quiz for you. When we're in verse 1, we talked about pleasure. What did we say the Greek word for pleasure was? At least, what's the English equivalent of it? Hedonism. Here it is, shows up again. Here it shows up again here in verse 3. James says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Hedonism, pleasures, hedonism, okay? Self-gratification, self-fulfillment. And that's why prayer is often unanswered. God, give me a million bucks. Why? Well, I, I want to get a new car. I need a new tractor. I want to purchase some land. I mean, you know, for ourselves, Okay? And uh, God, I mean, God loves you. He, want, he wants great things for you. But he probably is saying, you know, shaking his head, saying, you know, I love speaking with you. I love pursuing a relationship with you. But what you're asking for doesn't benefit my kingdom, doesn't bring any glory to me. It's all about you. It's all about you. Therefore, they receive no answer. So you might be having an affair with the world if your life is marked by selfish Prayers. Prayers. Number six, your life is, you might be having an affair with the world if your life is marked by holy inconsistency. That is the word there, holy inconsistency. That's in verse four. Take a look at it. This holy inconsistency is called friendship with the world. See that in verse four? Friendship with the world. That's the holy inconsistency we're talking about. If you claim to be a follower of Christ... But it's awful hard to tell. You're probably having an affair with the world. So let's back up just a little bit when we talk about holy inconsistency. Holy is not perfection. When God says in Peter that he says, you know, I've called you to be holy as I am holy. He's speaking about being separated off, okay? Being put aside. You are different. You're not like the rest of the world. You belong to God, and God says, I am pulling you out of that situation and placing you aside. You have been, you're holy. You have been set aside. And uh, what we find here, especially when you go back to this holy inconsistency, rather than being separated from the world, we find ourselves embracing the world. That's the inconsistency. And then when we look at your life, Somebody looks at the life and say, man, okay, I know you go to that church. I know you make these claims. I know you go to Bible studies. But my, oh, my, when you talk, just, you know, it offends me, you know. But why are you doing those things? Holy inconsistency. And so if we see holy inconsistency 
in your life, you're probably having an affair with the world. You're being unfaithful, remember? You're being unfaithful to your God. Number seven, the last one here. You might be having an affair with the world if your life is marked by pride. Marked by pride, number six. No, number six, that's number seven. Verse six. Take a look at verse six, would you? It says this, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Looking for a fight, are you? We have verse 6 there. You looking for a fight? What does it say? God what? Opposes the proud. Looking for a fight? For a fight, man. Just pursue the life of pride. Having this higher estimation of yourself than you ought to have. God says, I oppose that. You looking for a fight? Okay, you got to fight. Pride. Pride. God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. So, if you find yourself in that mode, that, that, that attitude of pride... Probably having an affair with the world. Having an affair with the world. So, anyhow, let's talk about application. We've worked through those seven uh, characteristics, seven signs that you may be having an affair with the world. Let's talk application. Here's what I want you to do. Remember, I encourage you to take notes. So, one of your first steps this morning is you need to take an inventory of your own life, a personal inventory of your own life. Why don't you use those seven particular signs and ask yourself those ask yourself this question you know am I one of these individuals who's having an affair with the world by my prayerlessness or by my selfish prayers or is it all about me am I consumed about my personal gratification you need to take an inventory and so use this particular outline that we have in your bulletin as a way to walk yourself through and just ask yourself get honest and ask yourself you know does this describe me you know is there some holy inconsistency in my life? You know, is my life marked by pride? Are my prayers seemingly, seeming to fall on deaf ears? You know, God, aren't you listening? Well, maybe it's because I'm asking with the wrong motive. Okay? So we need to ask ourselves, we need to take an inventory. That's what you need to do. Because remember, spiritual unfaithfulness to your God is called what? Adultery. All right? It's adultery. So we don't want to be adulterers. We want to deal with that. So it begins with an inventory there, being honest, evaluating our lives according to those seven signs. And uh, when you discover something, you say, you know what? I discover that uh, I have a little holy inconsistency in my life. I'm not really set apart. People have a hard time telling if I really belong to Jesus. If you've come to that conclusion in your life, what are you going to do about it? Well, here's three steps. Number one, begins with confession. You realize, you know, holy inconsistency, inconsistency is part of my life, and so you need to confess. And here's the important element about confession. Junior, junior high, do you remember confession? Ladies, what is confession? We, what, we agree? Putting you on the spot, aren't I? We agree with God, what I'm doing is wrong. Okay, that's confession. Confession is agreement with God. God, it's true. There's holy inconsistency in my life. Confession is agreement with God. That's the first step. Number two, you repent. Okay, you repent. Repentance is you're going this way, you're pursuing holy inconsistency. You repent, you go the opposite. And you're pursuing holiness. You're consistent in your holiness. That's repenting. Now, the third step is real important. 
So we have confession. We have repentance. The third step is important. What's your positive action? What are you going to do? Okay? Okay, remember, we're in this holy inconsistency. We're kind of embracing the world. We're going that way. We recognize it. God opens our eyes. We recognize it. Therefore, we confess it. That's wrong, God. I know it is. We repent. We go the opposite way. We want to pursue holiness. So what are we going to do? What is the action step, the positive action step we're going to do to be holy in our lifestyle? What is it we're going to do? Okay. Because if we don't come up with the positive action, where do we end up? We end up over here. Confess, then we repent, and we wander, and we wander, and we wander. We gotta, we gotta settle on something. That's part of your growth. Settling on something, pursuing it, and pressing forward. So, again, you might be having an affair with the world if take a look at that outline. Examine your life. Bring me before God. Make the change, and pursue righteousness and holiness. And God loves that. Let's pray. Father, thanks again for this opportunity just to be challenged in our lives. Lord, as James is so into authenticity, Lord, James is looking for the real McCoy. Lord, may we be those kinds of people that don't talk, but actually do. Lord, if we need to make some changes, may it start today as we exit this building. May we honor you and pursue you, for you are our one pursuit. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.